0: Welcome to Inside the Upside Down on the Mike Ricksecker Audio Journey on MikeRicksecker.com. Welcome to Inside the Upside Down. I'm Mike Ricksecker, author and ghost story, and with me is Lee Ehrlich, the paranormal explorer and author. We just got done with a great edge of the rabbit hole where we were talking about our Mineral Springs Paracon, uh, Hunter Road Media Paracon, coming up here at the end of the week. But for this one, uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about... Underwater paranormal phenomena expertise that Lee has. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. It's actually a a topic you're going to be talking about during the Paracon here. Yeah, uh,
1: for a a good hour. So it'll be interesting as can be.
0: So welcome to the after show. (laughs) This is Inside the Upside. Go ahead, Lee. Hey, everybody.
1: Well, tonight there are just a million and one questions about underwater paranormal. And since I head the world's only team that does this, I've got some answers for you. where shall we start tonight?
0: Well, I mean, I guess we'll start you're a uh, you're a world class diver, so you know you've you've been doing that for I mean, just even from you know, your salvage work and things like that. I mean that's absolutely fascinating, but I guess we could just start you know with how you got into actually you know checking out uh, paranormal uh, paranormal activity down under the water. I mean was it because of the fact that you were going down to some of these old wrecks and just seeing stuff?
1: Yeah, it's because we were in a wreck when i was young it was maybe oh gosh i let me think back in the early 80s perhaps and i you know i'd had experiences at, in and around the ocean living in southern california but it wasn't until we went down into a shipwreck and had an experience with this glowing ball of light that was floating down one of the passageways that i actually started questioning all of this you know wondering what did i see you know it, it was intelligent you know how can this possibly be You know, this isn't just a bubble. It it had light coming from it, but from where? You know, all these different questions. So um, I started realizing that that there were places on Earth to go to experience phenomena that people never went to. And that there could be just all these things going on all the time normally that nobody would ever see because nobody's down there. So what we started to do is we started to go into these dark ships in the dark. You know, not 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 just wreck penetration in general, but but we'd go in the middle of the night. You know, one a.m., two in the morning. Those kind of things, where you know, hundred and some odd feet down into a shipwreck, several floors in, seeing what manifests itself in places where people never go. Yeah. Ever.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like really uncharted territory down there.
1: Yeah, oh, it's completely uncharted. I mean, you've got stuff. You've got, you know cryptids galore uh, of course they're they're actual species <laughs> but we've never identified them because nobody's down there looking at them when they're swimming around right um everything from little shrimps and lobsters and different species nobody's ever seen to do all sorts of other you know a- any things that look like spiders and and these little glowing embers that seem to be alive and all mm-hmm. these things that we find it's it's amazing so um, every time you go down you're going to find something that nobody's ever seen right and that's the great part because when we go in the dark, we shut our lights off. We sit in the ship in the dark, in the dark with our lights off.
0: You're underwater in the dark, no lights.
1: In the dark, no lights. Well, we, I mean, we bring lights to get to where we are. Right. But when we get it, like we'll go two or three floors into a shipwreck and then we turn off our lights. And we just sit there in the pitch blackness just looking to see what shows up. That's how you have to do it. You can't have a light cannon lighting things <laughs> up. and You know, forget about that. You know, most divers do that. You know, they mm-hmm. have the light, kind of with the most lumens they can possibly afford, and they turn it into a daylight dive.
0: Uh, question here from Tom McNicholas. Well, actually, not a question; it's a statement. But I'm going to turn it into a question. So I, mean, I know Tom does diving. So he says he used the UV light underwater. Does that make any difference for you under the water?
1: Yeah. You know, we've used them. Um, I think I I don't know. Sometimes they're a little bit easier on the on the eyes. Mm-hmm. Definitely, they're not quite so shrill. Um, I'm a big fan of UV. I'm I'm a I'm a a giant fan of UV versus IR, because UV is a softer light. UV is more natural, perhaps. Um, Infrared is just like it's like you're baking things with the light, and and as a result, you know UV works better on land. UV with with paranormal phenomena, you know, with cataloging paranormal phenomena, Mm -hmm. it works better underwater. Yeah, it does. I like using UV just when I'm diving because it's softer on my eyes. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it's a lot softer. You know, you're not like you know you're not burning your eyes out with this big bright. You know. Well,
0: what about okay? Some people are are starting to theorize these days, or it's been postulated, and I bought a UV light, UV flashlight, just to kind of test it because mm-hmm. it wasn't all that expensive. <clears throat> that regular flashlights scare off a lot of these entities and. In, in, uh, you know, paranormal activity and oh, what have yeah. you. Oh yeah. And well, so using the UV light is better.
1: It doesn't yeah, it seems to be you know, of course these these, these wavelengths, you know, they have they they only have certain a, a certain amount of penetrative power because the 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 some of like for instance some of these waves are, are slower mm-hmm. and some of these waves are, are travel faster. So they hit some hit with more punch and some are more disruptive whereas others are softer. And, and these, these, are, these are things that are interpreted by the, the phenomena. You know, you can, yeah, nobody likes to have a loud, a loud, shrill, you know, you know, like a whistle blown in their ear, and no, nor does someone like to have a really bright light shine in their eyes. You know, these are offensive things. So, so yeah, I think that, you know, one thing I've noticed, for example, and, and speaking of terrestrial ghost hunting, is around the time when everyone started shine, started using IR cameras, I don't believe anyone anywhere has ever caught a ghost on one.
0: Yeah, and and I, that's another thing that I've heard in recent years is that people are starting to move away from using the IR. I mean they've you know put all this money in these you know big security systems and wiring the cameras all over the place and they're not really getting much. And you know, no. they put a ton of work into it, all that review time Nothing. for what? Well, you know what they're I mean, getting got is- a few little things, but not not like You know, like the big, oh, there's an apparition, there's a shadow person. For the amount of hours that you have to review all that, you're getting very, very little. You're getting very little. It's
1: uh, it's almost as if, I mean, yes. For example, this is how we'll use IR. Rather than looking for the ghost, I'll look for what the ghost is doing. For example, I'll take cotton balls and little pieces of tape, and I'll put them on electrical switches throughout the home. And then when I I basically irradiate the quarter with infrared, What I'm doing is I'm looking at these little glowing white balls of cotton ball on the switches and that way When the light comes on if the little ball moves on the switch plate then something flipped the switch. Yeah, so I'm looking for The cause of the effect. I'm not looking for the thing. I'm not looking for the ghost I'm looking for what it's doing a moving object those kind of things, but nobody I don't think anybody is is you got to, has got to go sitting there waving. Hey, how are you? Right on IR.
0: And what about uh, full spectrum versus IR? Tom's throwing that one out in the chat too.
1: I don't know. I mean, you know, we, we since we know since we know little or anything about paranormal phenomena. I mean, you know, the sky's the limit as far as what could be possible. Um, you know, full spectrum. I don't know. I think you can get a little too twitchy sometimes. I think you can get too twitchy. I mean, sometimes just allowing, for example allowing the phenomena to provide its own light is actually, it's a safer bet than trying to light up the phenomena. Yeah. You know, like why, why, you know, why leave fish to catch fish? I mean, you just, you're already there that, you know, if it wants to light up, it will let it light up. Use the darkness as your template rather than bringing this artificial light in that you don't even need.
0: Well, and that's kind of why I went away from using flash camera. Was oh, yeah. you know <clears throat> you see a shadow in the corner and you're gonna drown it with this bright quick light mm-hmm. You really think you're gonna get anything with that and so you, I stopped using flash a long oh, time flash ago. Oh, flashes,
1: yeah, because it's an orb maker too. I mean, you know, well that too, yeah, nah,
0: yeah. You, you know. get like this dust storm and yeah, and and you, know, and you uh, can't oh, look at
1: you, all the orbs. You can't talk that out of a person. Yeah. It's like it's it's useless. So yeah, so so it's an orb maker. It's it's it builds erroneous data. It's you know yes. If you're using flash as some type of an effect to light up a quarter when you're going to be looking in the shadowy area, and you just need a little ambient light mm-hmm. drifting over, but but to look into the flash, it's like, come on.
0: Yeah, no, I'll, ta- know, I'll, I'll send a you know flashlight down the hallway or whatever, yeah. and then snap that, but I'm not yeah. going to use the flash off the camera. No. Yeah.
1: You know, that's just, that's just something that, you know, you, you start off and you think, well, you know, I'm going to run around in Gettysburg with a thousand other people who were told that these orbs are ghosts, and let's take all these pictures of gnats and bugs and mosquitoes yeah. and, and take it home and say that, I, you know, it's grandma's ghost. Mm-hmm. But um,
0: the principle is the same in the water?
1: Same in the water. Oh, worse. Yeah. Worse. Worse. Okay. Flash underwater is hideous. <laughs> so, that brings us back to what got me started in this. I saw an illuminated sphere. And it fascinated me because I can tell you this: uh, I've been dealing with the paranormal since since before a lot of people were born. And you know, I'm older than I than I'm probably older than I look, or maybe I'm maybe I look as old as I <laughs> am, which is scary too. But you look good, Lee. <laughs> not bad for eighty, you know. But he said be, because. You know, I've seen glowing balls of light in the forest. I've seen glowing balls of light underwater. I've seen glowing balls of light in homes. Real, actual glowing balls of light mm-hmm. with my own eyes. Yep. So since there's enough glowing balls out there to on their own, you know, I'm not looking to light one up. And um, I like I like you know, working it that way. I don't I don't like to have any any erroneous or, or unusable data from any flash. I mean we mostly use our lights you get us to an area of course like any wreck penetration diver would do you can't not have a backup to your backup to your backup i've got so many lights it's ridiculous but most of them are off yeah and what i end up doing is you know when you a diver especially when you've got a diver of any measure of experience what you have are you've got 10 different lights they're all backups i hate to even use one so i'll use the dinkiest cheesiest cheapest any light i can get like i'll have Four or five hundred lights hanging off, five hundred dollar lights hanging off me that never get used. And then I've got a twenty dollar one that I got at Divers Direct and I use it for everything. (laughs) Okay, or I'll use a loom stick. You know, I'll basically just hold a a loom stick in front of me, it lights everything Mm -hmm. up. So, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. It's like the more you do it, the less you use. Yeah, you know, and and it's it's interesting. But we, as a team, you know, remember, our lights, we have to be tagged with lights for identification. Sure. It's, Alpha Team, you know, Bravo, those kind of things. And everyone has, each team has a different color. We also, when we penetrate these wrecks, we previous, you know, prior to the the penetration dive for investigative purposes, we seed these hallways with different colors so that the divers know where to head. Saves a lot, you know. We do all the recon the day before. So, if we're going in a ship and let's say we're going to place a parabolic sonar up into an air pocket where people breathe their last breaths and utter their last words, if we're going to do that, then we're going to light that corridor and all of the turns and stairwells going in and out and holes in the bulkhead so that Alpha team knows to follow the blue lights, you know, Bravo right. team knows to follow the red lights and so on. And so a lot of that the ambient light down there is created by these loom sticks, but just enough to sweeten it up a little bit.
0: okay, you just know? to give them a little light to use.
1: Yeah, just something to know to realize. and also too to make sure that that gigantic big black thing that's blotting out everything you can see isn't a 500 pound Goliath Gruber.
0: yeah
1: <laughs> you know because they'll come at you too, right right because that's the top yeah you have point. some other
0: dangers down there like that.
1: That's, he's the top chain predator. I mean, there's nothing, nothing more deadly down there than mm-hmm. a goliath grouper. I mean, that that's it, okay? You're and done, uh, huh? It's a 500-pound largemouth bass, and you're a crankbait, okay? <laughs> and that's basically how that works. So, um, yeah, they don't care what you do or say. They're just coming down the hall, and you better move. Wow. And it's it's kind of interesting to see.
0: Yeah, you don't um, usually have that when you're investigating a building.
1: No, and that's what, <laughs> what gets me with people is, you know, We are experts at what we do, and I love it when people say there's no experts in the paranormal field. Well, that's (laughs) bullshit, okay, because we are experts, because if we weren't experts, we'd be dead, okay? And I'm proud to say that, that the team is sharp enough to save someone's life. You know, we're rescue divers, we're wreck penetration divers, we're mixed gas divers, we we we've been saving people since we started in rescue class. You know, none of us are are strangers to actual actual physical rescues. So you've got professionals holding your life
0: in their hands.
1: That's what the team's about, and uh, it's serious. You know, if you're not serious, right. somebody's going to die.
0: Well, yeah, especially down there. You know, in the sea, you know, yeah. you're in a you're in a wreck. You never know what might fall on you down there
1: oh you can have a bulkhead collapse yeah you know you got to make that call should i swim under it or over it should i you know how long has it been like that we'll find a wall collapsed on a ship that wasn't collapsed previously mm-hmm. and you're like oh brother you know some ships people don't realize they're made out of plywood like yeah you know some of these big ships they've got a steel hull but plywood walls right and they buckle when they get wet you know and they, and they start to sag and buckle underwater and there you go so uh yeah, you got to worry about that. You got to worry about everything from from your gas load being improper to to exceeding your maximum depth. So at any rate, you know you got to keep yourself alive while you're looking for ghosts. And it's uh, it's fun because it's calculated. Mm-hmm. You know, A, B, C, D, and you got to mark everything off properly because if you don't, it's not going to be right. And um, in all of that, you have to try to capture some data within a three to five minute window. Because you're not down there all day. You right. know. You go down 150, 260, 200 feet deep, you've got three and a half minutes of bottom time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're not down there all that long. Three and a half minutes
1: hmm. of bottom time. What are you going to do? You know, right. Where are you going to go? What are you going to do? What are you going to see? You yeah, gotta, you're not
0: sitting there like in some of these buildings that we investigate. You know, you might be sitting in a room for an hour doing an EVP session. Yeah. You're not, you you got, you're not doing that when you're you diving. You
1: have minutes, okay? And then you got to run your reciprocal and get the heck out. So... We leave stuff behind, we leave recorders, and we okay. leave different types of drones and different things down there so that you know, it will, it will absor- you know, pretty much absorb the data, as well as we mm-hmm. have a, a winged sonar that actually floats and, and it flies over sta- at station over a wreck, and it listens down with this little parabolic cone. It's neat. Okay. So you know, we, we, we listen to uh, pockets of air for voices, we reanimate those pockets of air with electricity so that they come alive again. Um, we, we will, to the best of our ability, electrify the hull as well, even more than the hull is naturally electrified. Okay. So all these things you know, come into play and it's, it's interesting.
0: What are you doing when you electrify the hull?
1: Well, what you're doing is you just well when you electrify the hull, you 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 reanimate you know whatever whatever voice was in there, you give it the power to speak again. You know, like if it's an echo, mm-hmm. you charge the echo. Um, you you know there has to be power. There has to be some power source going on in the metal and in the in in the the work so to speak to make things manifest, and it just kind of helps it along because you're not going to get. Um, well, for example, you've got a digital recorder. Unless there's batteries in it, it's not going to speak. Right. Okay, so you've got to get some battery into the ghost to get it to speak, too. you got to give it a little bit more than it had, because over the time it's getting washed away and it's decaying and it's not as powerful as it used to be. So, um, yeah, you know, it doesn't yeah. hurt to zap it a little bit.
0: So this is a sure. question from Tom McNicholas. Sounds echo underwater. How can you tell a real EVP?
1: Oh, your EVP, you're not, don't even don't even go there with evps you're not going to hear a thing no that's not how that works you're not, not not nothing tom nothing uh nothing terrestrial applies it's a completely different world you don't you're right you know, sounds will echo from 15 miles away yeah for example i was recently somewhere where people were telling me about voices uh, that they hear from afar and that's that's phenomenal but they have no idea how afar those voices have come from they didn't come from 300 yards away they came from 3 miles away you know you know just like you have SSB type you know radio or ham or any of those things and you bounce it along the atmosphere from the ground you know from the ground to the cloud layer and up and down and up and down and up and down and you'll travel halfway around the world sound moves the same way so you know, some guy will be fishing and drop a sinker in the boat six miles from here, and we'll hear him. Yeah. So you can't go by that. Forget about it. All bets are off. Now.
0: So what kind of strategies are you using down there?
1: Well, what happens is if you're, there's, a, there's a difference between that type of EVP and when you take one of our sonars and place it up inside, inside a ship into that thin little bubble zone between the water and the top of the bulkhead, where when the ship went down, people were pressing their mouths in there and speaking.
0: Okay, so it's up in the air bubble out of the water. In the air bubble out of the water.
1: And when you stick it up inside there, it samples the air, not the water. Gotcha. So we're looking for ghosts underwater, in the air underwater. (laughs) Okay, that's how that works. But no, you can't, you can, you can tell. I'll tell you what, also too, people don't realize how much they talk when they dive. Now. We dive full face, so it's all comm system. So when we dive, you can tell, and and it's an overlord that the, the man with the mic up in the mothership can hear everything everyone says. People don't realize how much they talk in their their standard regulator. Like you'll be diving along, and I have brought recorders down there encased in, in, mm-hmm. in these pack in, in these cases. People are diving in along, they're like, blub 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 and then they go. Ooh, a barracuda. You know. Ooh. You know, ooh, I'm freezing cold. You know, you hear this and they're talking and talking. I'm like, shut up. You know, I'll actually take my my regulator out of my mouth, like if I'm doing a regular dive, I'm like, shut
0: up. You
1: know, they won't stop there because, you know, we on land. Even investigators in haunted places, we mumble to ourselves.
0: We do, we do, and so you, know. you have to try to tag that. And so it drives us nuts when we're investigating with somebody that's chatty. Yeah. It's like Shauna and I, and we won't mention any names. But there's times where it's like we love that person, but we can't investigate with them. Because just... He just won't <laughs> shut up,
1: right? And there's <laughs> divers who won't shut up. You're yeah. <laughs> like this, and I just that's why. A lot of our divers aren't given a full face mask. They get an earpiece. Oh, okay. So they can only hear. Because some of you just don't want them talking. They just won't shut up. Yeah. So it's on a need-to-know basis. You know, the worker bees plant the things and don't Mm -hmm. say anything. And the people have got something to say and need to say it. But no cross-chatter.
0: Okay. We don't allow that. So I have a couple questions down here. Uh, Sean Oldsmith, do you see shadows under the water?
1: Yeah, you do, Sean. You do see shadows. Um, you'll see. You see some odd things. You. Oh, it's hard to describe. You see. You see shadows, light bars. Light bars. Light bars. You know, thick light bars. Um, things out of the corner of your eye that are strange. Um, more light than shadow. Okay. okay more light than shadow. Um, but you see shadows. You definitely Mm -hmm. see shadow. Um, You'll see things move fast too. I mean, super fast. Like they'll zip across the bulkhead like they shouldn't have. And
0: it's not some marine life or no, 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 no. no, no.
1: It's 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 way different. You know, there's some slinging around in those boats that people don't see. You go deep, deep down in the boat. There's oily stuff slinking along the walls. There's Mm. there's there's weird things down there. Um, You know, living bubbles. You know, things that don't make any sense. Stuff that just... What's a living bubble? It's like, a, <laughs> it's it's like a bubble in a... It's a shaped bubble that looks like it's alive, but it isn't. Hmm. Or it is. Is it? I don't know. You know, a, you, a bubble isn't supposed to swim horizontally.
0: Okay, yeah. They usually rise. It's supposed to rise vertically. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know right. that
1: bubble that you just passed? Well, it just went out the door to the left. <laughs> you know, bubbles don't do that. And so there's all this cool stuff down there. Like, my favorite, actually, of all these things are these little embers. They're about, I don't know, they're about the size of an ember from a campfire. Okay. And we find them in ships. They glow like fire and they dance around like fireflies. Interesting. And they've never been identified as a creature. But they're down there. But they're down there. Oh, yeah. Hmm. They're like living fire, they're living flaming embers. They're as red as as fire, and they. You no it. idea what they are. No, no, but they yeah. but they know you're down there. They flitter around, ooh, ooh. <laughs> they flitter all around, and you just kind of go swimming. You swim along, and they come a bunch of them come up, and you swim through them, mm-hmm. and they disappear. And you know, what the hell? They don't
0: harm you or anything. No, no?
1: nothing. No. I'll tell you something. Nothing down there is going to harm you. It's well, I mean, it could if you're an idiot, but. There isn't something down there that's looking to you. I mean, you don't
0: it. want to mess with the Great White, right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> but even then, there isn't stuff down there that's looking to eat you. I mean, yeah, there's sea monsters and stuff in the deep. You know, yeah, I'm not talking about a monster, but I mean, of all of these normal things, it's kind of um, why. Why I like night diving the most. In fact, to me, night diving is diving. Daytime diving is not. Is like preliminary. Interesting. Okay, why? Because everything's out. All the stuff that hides during the day comes out, and it's this big, happy community. Hmm. I mean, yeah, things eat other things. That happens. However, they come out and they look at you. You know, the little things, little crustaceans come out, and they they look at you like this, and fish swim up to you and look at you, and everything's kind of like, hey.
0: Well, and that happens on land, too, where there's a lot of creatures that are nocturnal that you just don't see during the day because they want the night. They want the darkness for cover. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And they come out and they say hi and they're right and they're they're naive, they're mm-hmm. like a little a little kitten, they come right up to
0: you. I'm like oh, what they, are you? <laughs> what
1: are you? Hi, and I'm like hi and they look at you and then they go swimming off and you know it's <laughs> it's very it's very cool. You have these interactions yeah. with these creatures and they're like I'm like wow you know he came up and said hi, and cool. off they went and so yeah, yeah. I, I dig that. I mean it's it's kind of cool. Cool. You know, because nobody's eating anybody and nobody's screwing up anybody's <laughs> life, and everything's kind of super mellow and quiet.
0: Yeah, I bet it's real quiet down there.
1: Quiet and peaceful and serene, and your whole life, or rather your whole scope of interest, is in that circle of flashlight. Nothing else matters. Yeah, it's just that's all little, you can see, right? Yeah, a little circle, <laughs> and you're just in that circle, and that's all I have to worry about. And some gigantic black thing goes across it you know i'm perfectly fine yeah now there are times you'll turn and see some gigantic black things Mm -hmm. going next to you and that's enough to send your you know to put a chill up your spine (laughs) like holy crap yeah there's also things out there that target you with some type of a it feels like a lock on radar Hmm. like i'll tell you guys we were in cozumel and it was one of those resorts. It was at Blue Angel. And it was about, I think, 18 of us went. The team's really big. And we were there for a week. And it's one of those things where you get like, you're there for seven days. You get five boat dives plus as many unlimited beach dives as you want. So naturally, we're lobster diving off the beach right there at the resort where it's it's not very deep. It's maybe 10 feet deep, you know, 500 yards out, right? Yeah. So it's pitch black. It's the summertime. We've all got loom sticks and maybe one light in the hand cuz we're, you know, it's it, you don't need more than one. And I'm out there we're looking for lobsters and I'm maybe a football field off the shore about that far. But I'm okay. only in 5-6 feet of water. Yeah. There's octopus everywhere I'm looking at them by myself in the middle of the night. Of course, there's other divers too, but we we solo dive. We don't we don't pair dive. The the instructors like uh, I mean we don't pair dive usually I'm off doing this this guy's doing that we're autonomous and what happens is is that occasionally you'll see the glow stick of your another diver from maybe 50 feet away when he's poking mm-hmm. around too but it's every man for himself well I'm out there and I've got my back to the Caribbean and my front to the mainland and something locked onto me like like on Top Gun, where that little triangle and square meet, and you get missile lock. Right. Something got missile lock on me.
0: Interesting. And I was
1: like beep 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 and I'm like missile lock, and I'm like oh shit. Did you actually hear the beat? No, but it's in my but it's. It's, it's in your it's head. It's in my head. Okay. So I, I I swim off to the left by some reef, and the lock goes off. So I'm like eh, you know whatever, <laughs> you know I'm down there right, and then, you know because I'm armed. You know, but I'm not, but it's whatever. Okay. Yeah. So then next thing you know, beep, 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 Locked again. Oh, great. Now I'm going left. Okay. So now it's hurting me. Okay. okay. It's it's moving and hurting yeah. me. So then I'm like, then I got this lock, like, like lock and load. Like it is, it's, it's going to fire. And my brain goes abort, you know, so I swam, I did, I had one of those swims where I almost drained my tank in about 30 right. seconds. It was that kind of thing. And I got out of the water and everyone's standing there. They're all standing there. And just the operative word was what the hell? Like what was that? Yeah. And everybody was like, ooh. Like something They all lost. felt it. Everybody felt, felt it. it. Okay. okay. It was top predator. Mm-hmm. It was like big boy on the beach, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it was be- it was out there and it was targeting us. Interesting. And everybody felt it. So um well, that kind of answers yeah.
0: one of our questions here that we had from Zippy, who was asking if you experienced anything that made you stop a dive. So you didn't necessarily stop a dive, but you got out of there. Oh yeah,
1: but yeah. We, I mean we've stopped dives. We remember too. Oh yeah, I mean we'll tell you. We got attacked in a cavern by this. Well, we a man died in a cave, actually in the in the Florida aquifer in Central Florida, in a cavern. So we went in there to find out why he died. And the story and why he died were incongruous with one another. Because he was supposed to have been crushed in a cave-in that never occurred. Oh. The, the the cavern was undis- uh, absolutely unmolested. I mean, completely undisrupted. There was nothing, nothing out of place in that cavern where he was supposed to have, been, have died. And his body wasn't under any rocks. So, hello. what? Co- okay. yeah. So, anyhow... <clears throat> Hundred and sixty feet down this dragon's throat, and it's basically like a wormhole of rock, and we're down deep, 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 and right about the spot where his body was found. And when I, and I was over much deeper water, that was much deeper than my calculated maximum depth, that that my gas load supported. So I was I could only dive to a certain depth before I would become oxygen toxic and seize and die. It had been pre predetermined. Well, something grabbed a hold of my back and started pulling me down. Something piggybacked onto me. Like somebody grabbed a hold of me and I started falling down to the depths. And the only thing that kept me from basically going o2 toxic was that I super inflated and smashed my back against the ceiling with this thing on me that finally let go. So I took some pictures with my strobe and this and that. And long story short, we captured the photo of a diver's mask looking up at me from the depth. There was nobody down there. Oh wow! I've got it on. I've got it on the website. So, we came up. Uh, nobody knew what to think. This, that, and the other thing. You could hear like a bubbling and a screaming and all these crazy mm-hmm. sounds when we were down there. Um, long story short, friend of mine, a very, very well-known diver in the community, went down there on on a paranormal dive as part of the team. Uh, months later, we have a. Video and audio of the same thing grabbing him on the back, pulling his gear off. You can hear the Velcro oh, wow. ripping. You can feel everything tearing. You can hear him yelling inside his face mask for help. And then there's a strobe of red that appears out of nowhere. And there's a diver. Like, diver! And it disappears. Wow. We got it on film. So, uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes you get grabbed. Sometimes you That's get harassed. And, uh, you know, sometimes you see a giant shark, you know. And, and, and you know. Diving with sharks didn't didn't become safe. It's like you know, for what example, every TV show you see, everyone's diving with sharks. Everyone's rubbing their belly. Everyone's feeding them.
0: Yeah, these days.
1: Sh- diving with sharks is still not safe. There's more people being eaten by sharks than there's more people than there's people petting sharks. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and of course you have to realize those are nurse sharks that they're petting, and they're not going to mm-hmm. bite you anyhow, because nurse sharks don't bite. Right. Of course, unless you put your arm down there through.
0: Well, yeah, at some point something will bite you. Yeah, but uh, you know,
1: a twenty-foot hammerhead will bite you, and a tiger will bite you, and a great white'll eat you, yeah. and those kind of things. So, so yeah, it's still not safe to dive with sharks.
0: Definitely. Yeah. So, a couple of interesting questions here. Uh, one from Bree Jones. This is a uh, this is an interesting one. Can spirits affect oxygen as much as they affect batteries? No. No, they don't do that. Your gas is your gas. I mean, when you're talking volumetric volume volume is volume they don't no they they
1: don't um and yeah, for, for
0: batteries i mean they're looking for well i have a lot of theories about the whole battery thing anyways cuz i don't think they actually know that they're doing it but no, no. but they're getting the electricity out of that where with oxygen you it's not electricity
1: no oxygen is different your yeah. gas load is pretty much your gas load your it's it's a standard and that's nice you know mm-hmm. you, it's a, it's a, it's an absolute absolute standard you know you've got 1200 psi you have 1200 psi it's encapsulated in the tank and and there's no physical way because remember it's all physics even though it's paranormal yeah there's no physical way for that oxygen to escape or for your air to escape also too they don't change your oxygen mix for example like when we d- we nitrox divers so rather than breathing 78% nitrogen, 1% argon, and 21% oxygen like all people do, you know, ambient air, mm-hmm. we breathe completely different loads. We'll drive 36% oxygen, 32%, 40%, 50% oxygen.
0: Well, yeah, and that's another thing is you you have all these different gas levels. All these different, to, yeah.
1: yeah. All these different gas levels. So, so yes, I mean, when, when I'm breathing oxygen and a nitrogen that's completely calculated and mixed in my tank those ratios don't change Mm -hmm. if those ratios change even in my mouth they don't change you know even when it's out of the tank and in the the free space of my regulator before i breathe in um nothing alters that okay if it did i'd be dead
0: yeah there you go definitely all right um that was okay have you have you ever seen this from uh, Spooky from Dawn? Have you ever seen anything alien in nature? Mm. <laughs> I know you have, because oh, yeah. and I haven't put it up here uh, yet, and I'll have to have to show the pic. But you, you have Master of the Abyss, you know your book, which you published through Haunted Road Media, and yeah. so that definitely has some things alien in nature. Oh, <laughs> that yeah, are oh no, no, I've seen. So no,
1: actually, my my best selling book through Haunted Media. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, let me um, let me
0: get that pick of that up. Go ahead and talk about it, and let me get the pick.
1: And uh, you, know, is Master of the Abyss a journey into the unknown? And it's filled with cryptids and all these crazy things that that people see. The things that I've seen, except, except, I like to believe that there is a real world twist to my stories, because a lot of things that people see aren't what what people see isn't what they think they're seeing. Um. People are very poor historians. People are very poor at, at at recounting, you know, some type of some type of an occurrence. Oh, and that's really big. <laughs> a lot of people don't know. A lot of people don't know what they're looking at. You know, they wouldn't know a bear if it hit them on the head. They wouldn't know the difference between a standing black bear or brown bear and yeah. Bigfoot. And so, there's a lot of misconception and, and, you know, miscategorizing going on. However, I've seen amazing things. One of the stories in my book is called The Devil Fish. It's about a 30-foot-wide manta ray covered in bioluminescent diatoms that used to swim around right there in Avalon Bay off Catalina Island in the early 70s. And I was fortunate enough to be there with my father back in those days. He worked on the island. And so... I actually went out in a small skiff with my friend, and we tried to catch it. And uh, you know, this, the story is about what happens when we we, we, we hook, yeah. hook the big one. And uh, yeah, I've seen sea monsters. I've seen seen them big ones and small ones. Uh, <laughs> things on land, alien type things that make you wonder if you're if you, if you get your head screwed on straight. Yep. But you always have to look at these things through a sober eye, because you look at it one second and what somebody else sees is different and it's it's your interpretive abilities that are going to put it in the right category mm-hmm. you know because there's enough people who will see you know there's enough people who will see a a coyote standing on his back legs leaning against the tree and they think it's you know they think it's the dog man they think it's the right it's a chupacabra right it's chupacabra. <laughs> you know it, it isn't and yeah. uh you, you, it's interesting, but but you, you have to be selective mm-hmm. in what you see. Definitely.
0: So we have a five dollar uh, Canadian <laughs> super chat from snaggletooth seventy five Patrick. Thank you very much. Says hi, Mike and Lee. So thank hey. you very much, Patrick. <laughs> Appreciate that. Um, so this is also from Bree Jones. Have you ever done dives on down bombers from World War Two? You know, I've done dives. I. I we know of
1: there, there's two that we're trying to raise right now in a lake that I can't tell you about, but um, that's that's all. You know, I dove mm-hmm. I've dove shells of, of of wrecks that are on the bottom, but none none in like say Trick Lagoon or or, or places like that. Nature, no, I've not have not been there. Um, Guadalcanal, M- never found
0: the mystery uh airplanes from the Bermuda Triangle or anything like that. I've looked. Yeah, have you? And
1: I'm still looking because I live down there. But to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Guadalcanal, Solomon Islands, Mm -hmm. those are the wrecks. That's it. That is it. That whole area um, is where I want to go. And and yes, when I get an opportunity to go there, then I'll definitely dive bombers and whatnot. Okay, cool. Because it's cool to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely
0: Definitely. cool. From Cassandra, uh, have you ever seen any uh, ET or UFO activity underwater?
1: Oh, yeah. But, you know, definitely, definitely, definitely. Now, I can tell you this. The USOs, you know, the, the USOs that people see. Unidentified submerged. Submerged, submerged object, Yeah. They're luminous manta rays. Um, I've, I've seen one. I, you know, the devil fish was an example. It was a USO. It looked just like mm-hmm. a flying saucer. You know, imagine this. A glowing slab of meat 30 feet wide, f- swimming faster than your boat can move swimming fast enough to propel that creature out of the water if it Mm -hmm. wanted to. Because, you know, you see mantas come out. They'll flap their wings four or five times before they land. Imagine the speed necessary to launch a 30-foot manta out of the water. Okay? They see these things off Andros Island all the time. They're huge manta rays. Mm -hmm. And what happens is they cover with diatoms, and the whole body will glow like the moon. And they, they, they glow bright white underwater, and they fly past you because they're curious, and they fly past twice the speed of the boat. And then, what do you, you know, it looks like a flying saucer. <laughs> yeah, yeah So, yes, I've seen them, the USOs are man rays, and they'll even tell you that. The guys that work off Andros mm-hmm. will tell you that.
0: They, they probably see them all the time, huh?
1: Well, a lot of the guys, you know, they run a lot of spec ops mm-hmm. off of Andros, okay. and a lot of SEAL activity, and a lot of training, you know, the Buds guys, and they'll tell you they see them. Cool,
0: cool. Yeah. Alright, we have a $10 super chat from Tom McNicholas from one bubble sucker to another. Hey, Tom. (laughs) Thank you very much, Tom. Really do appreciate that. One of our Deep Down the Rabbit Hole Patreon patrons. Thanks, buddy. So, uh, Sean Oldsmith is wondering where is the best dive around the world?
1: You know what I find? Of all the places, Penny Camp at Key Largo. Key Largo, huh? Penny Camp Preserve at Key Largo is thousands of square miles. You think what? How's that possible? I don't even know. I don't even know. It's they they say that it's thousands of square miles. Or or wait a minute, is it a, a thousand square miles? I think it's maybe it's like in the low thousands or something.
0: Okay. It's
1: insanely big. It's like half the Caribbean. Wow. In square miles, and you think you know how can that how can that be? It's massive. It's massive, and um, it's pristine as pristine as the um as as the barrier reef Mm -hmm. um nothing can be taken you can't take any shellfish you can't take any you can't take anything you can't take shells right it's a pure pristine underwater environment wow and um you've got it's just amazing it stretches out you know halfway in through the caribbean sea and all these different places and you can't touch anything (laughs) so here we got an opportunity go take a look
0: all right you know I know you've been trying to get me out for a while. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) One of these days. One of these days.
1: It's yeah. It's it's pretty neat. I mean, there's shipwrecks galore. There's, they well, the numbers. You know, you hear these numbers. There's hundreds of shipwrecks. There's there's all these different Mm -hmm. things. But there are. You go along the bottom. There's a ship's wheel. There's a winch. There's an anchor. There's a this. Well, I
0: I think when people think of shipwrecks, they're thinking of like the big Spanish galleons and and all that. And yeah, sure, there's some of those scattered about, but there's all kinds of different shipwrecks out there, right? Right.
1: Well, you know, remember, yeah, what you have to understand is what people need to understand is you aren't going to find, you know, your typical Goonies shipwreck. Yeah. They don't exist. There are no whole galleons in saltwater, they're gone. What you find is a row of rocks on the bottom of the sea that don't belong there. And that row of rocks might be 20 feet long. And their boulders, perhaps the size of a man, if you were curled up, you know, like like about wadded up size of a man. And these rocks served as ballast in the bilges Mm -hmm. of pirate ships back in the day. And what happens is that when the boats, when the boats come down like this and they land on the bottom, they would would separate. You know, the ballast hit and then they separate and you have stringers of the ship the wood, you know, the ribbing, and the strakes that lay down on the sand. They get covered by tidal flow okay. and whatnot. And these rocks are in the center. So what you have to do is you have to find the rocks that don't belong there, and then you go down to them and you dig around next to them, and you find the stringers and all the goodies down inside.
0: Gotcha.
1: But the Goonies pirate ships are gone. <laughs> now there are Goonies ships in the Great Lakes.
0: Interesting. Fully intact Goonies ships. Is that because of the fresh water? Yeah okay yeah
1: but they're not in salt there's none. you know you like the wreck of the atosha is just scattered rocks on them mm-hmm. and wood on the bottom i mean wrecks of any of these galleons you just don't find them anymore and we look okay they're they're so they don't exist but i gotta um,
0: throw a question out there because i know you've gone to a lot of different locations you you know you're talking about seeing you know ets usos down there you know we've talked about ghost paranormal activity um any word on Atlantis? Gotta throw that out there.
1: Oh yeah, well it's a Bimini Road. I mean, just you know, just go to the Bimini Road and it's the, the Atlantis makes total sense. Also too, in, um, they, they, they're finding things off Micronesia and all mm-hmm. of these different places. They're finding underwater structures. And scientists, are yeah, it's the, not are, just
0: Atlantis. There's, there's places all over the world that over, had once yeah. been on land that are now in the sea, and they're finding pyramids and things like pyramids, that. Pyramids, there. yeah. There's yeah.
1: subjugated landmasses and mm-hmm. things. You know, it's plate tectonics. But you've got um, the Bimini Road near Bimini, near Bimini in the in, in the island chain right off the Caribbean, is the Bimini Road is evidence of a, of a road, or rather a who knows what it was. Whether it was a road or some type of a structure. That goes that stretches for miles and
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: underwater and it looks like a road I mean I mean it's actually comprised of flat rocks but you can see it has edges and it goes and it's it's man-made yeah and it stretches for quite a distance and it's theorized that the Bimini Road has something to do with Atlantis and I imagine it may have
0: well it may not necessarily be Atlantis but yeah. certainly something man-made something man-made yeah. yeah
1: and you know but of course you have to realize that that the the world isn't shaped like it was years ago.
0: Right. And I think that's something people f- do forget is, you know, they look at the way it is now and they try to make sense of it in that context. And that's not the way it was, you know, 1,000, 2,000, no. 5,000 years ago. And now they're saying, you know, they found evidence of, you know, civilization 11,000 years ago. And, they, you know, that right. you say, well, it was only 5,000. Well, now they're looking at 11,000. And it's like the world was very different. I mean, 11,000 yeah. years ago, you still had, you know, you know you're coming out of an ice age and things like that so very very different environment
1: Mm -hmm. well things are and also too the dating is skewed and here's a good example um they the first megalodon tooth that was found you know that you see all these big meg teeth and we find them too These, you know from the giant great whites Mm -hmm. that were 100 feet long years ago the first Meg Tooth that was ever found was found in a dredge net that was sent down by Captain Cook when he did his first expedition to to, to oh, wow. the South Pole. Mm-hmm. Or to, to Antarctica. Yeah, Antarctica. Yep.
0: Antarctica. And what happened was... He was trying was, to get to the South Pole.
1: Yeah, trying to get to the South Pole. But he didn't... You know, it was like that barber pole thing, but he never found it. So what happened was he dredged up, you know, know, they dredged up this tooth and it came up and they took it and they put it, I think they had it at at Cambridge at some museum or Mm -hmm. something like that. And they had it there for years and years until they were finally able to carbon date it. So they carbon dated this tooth for the first time ever. And they carbonated, they carbonated, they carbon dated. (laughs) It's all bubbly now. It's just the bubbliest tooth. They (laughs) stuck it in Coca-Cola and they carbon dated it to i believe they said something that was like five or ten million years that's what they said Mm -hmm. so of course you know it's from like the you know not the cretaceous but it's from like the jurassic period or some or you know the one of those periods like that and they said basically that these megalodons haven't existed for millions of years well a couple of years ago the very tooth, which is at another, I think it's in Edinburgh or somewhere, they took this they took this tooth, and they dated it using depleted potassium.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: It's forty-eight hundred years old. Hmm. That forty-eight hundred. That tooth came out of that shark's mouth four thousand eight hundred years ago. Now, does that suggest that that shark was the last of its kind? No. That just suggests that a megalodon lost a tooth 4,800 years ago. Right. So that means that when the Vikings were were plying the seas, and that means that when the Chinese were 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 all over the place, and God knows who else was out there, they were out there in the seas with these hundred-foot-long great white sharks. Yeah. A hundred feet long.
0: Yeah. So okay. when they're writing about sea monsters, yeah, they're probably describing the real thing.
1: Right. Which also makes you wonder whether they're still out there. Yeah. Because there's, there's you know, deep
0: parts of the ocean that we just yeah, don't know a thing about.
1: You don't know about. And so, you know, it's very interesting how things are dated. And I know there's people, you know, then they start getting into things like creationism versus this. Well, we're not talking that. about yeah, that. We're not doing that. We're just talking we, we about. We did that a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, we're just talking about things like, you know, the the fossil line and how some things have been misinterpreted. Mm-hmm and misdated which which sets the whole d- sets disorder into the whole works because you can't tell how long a civilization has been a certain way right. because it's all misdated
0: yeah, there's a lot of mix-up with the dates, and that's, oh, yeah. I think we're starting to discover more and more of that these days.
1: Yeah, and the people who dated them are now dead, so it's okay yeah. to call them out on their bad <laughs> dating practices.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, I do have to recognize a $5 super chat, Canadian super chat from Bree Jones. Thank you very much, Bree. really do appreciate that. I know you guys have uh, a lot more questions, so um, we will do our best to get to them all here. Um, this is an interesting question from uh, uh, Betty Lange. Uh, do ley lines cause any problems underwater? No. 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 No effect underwater.
1: No, I think a lot. I don't know. Does that? No.
0: No. Okay. No. Um, from the Hagelin, is Lee familiar with the just-discovered underwater lost city off the Yucatan Peninsula?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's all well. You've got the Yucatan is 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 I, my favorite place to dive. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I like Penny Camp, but I live there. You know, so I'm biased. Okay. Okay. But the Yucatan, yeah. I mean, you've got all of the Mayan, all of the Mayan civilization, and well, you go to Chichen Itza, mm-hmm. or or my favorite, Ishkaret. Now you talk about about sunken pyramids. You if you've never been to Ishkaret, it's I X C A R E T. You actually swim around sunken pyramids. It's oh, interesting. oh my god! That's it's cool. Like, That's cool. Okay, give me an example. You go to Ishkaret. I went into a cave at Ishkaret. We were, were swimming along pitch black, except for this beam of cobalt blue light that went into the water, and it was coming through a blowhole in the rocks up above and oh, wow. the cenote. <laughs> it was sticking in. I swam up to a half submerged pyramid that was covered with marine iguanas. You know, the like big Mexican greens, but they're swimming. Yeah. And these big iguanas are sitting on it. And it was like, they were like vines coming down. This is Indiana Jones crap.
0: Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Okay,
1: my wife was with me. It was amazing. I mean, full-on Indiana Jones. Nice. It was like, wow. (laughs) So yeah, Ishkaret is filled with that stuff. And um, they call it an archaeoecologic park. Okay. They've known about these submerged pyramids for years, Mm -hmm. but it's just kind of going out a little bit farther.
0: Yeah. You know? Well, it's a little harder to access them, too. You have to get in the water. You have to get in the water. Yeah,
1: no. there's crap out there like crazy. Uh, lots of pyramids in the Yucatan, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's neat. It's, it's, it's a lot. You know, yeah, that's of the, absolutely fascinating. The It's a whole other
0: world. That I mean, it used. I mean, it was above ground at one point. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so you kind of have to almost imagine, you know, what it was like back at that time. So, I mean, that's evidence right there. World has definitely changed. Oh, it's completely you know?
1: changed, and it's yeah. There's <clears> stuff. You know, maybe it was was the Bimini Road away down there. Who knows? Yeah, don't know. You know, I don't. I don't know, but it's. uh it's that area is ripe with yeah with discovery you know with things to be discovered that's for sure okay. and um, i think it's fascinating
0: so anita ackerman uh do you dive wrecks in the north sea no i'm yeah. a warm water diver okay yeah, I hate the cold. You hate the cold. Yeah. I don't blame you there. Yeah, I hate the cold.
1: I, you know what I mean? I've got all you know all the choices in the world. Why should I freeze my ass off? You know, I could go down to the, where it's 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 warm. It's it's in the nineties in the water where we live in South Florida. Why in God's name would I go anywhere colder than that?
0: You know, you get, well, I get the Viking shipwrecks. I could do that, you, yeah. But yeah. I I got all. I'll
1: worry about the ones off the Yucatan for now because I can get a margarita afterward. Oh, there you go. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, you, to, you, get, you get hand-rolled tortillas. You get the little umbrella in there, too, right? You do, and I get, I get authentic tacos and all that kind of stuff, and you just can't get that anymore. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> you know.
0: um, from Dawn Spooky, what is the oldest wreck you've investigated? Oh, geez. Um,
1: you know, probably some of the, the rock piles in the Gulf. You mm-hmm. know, you can't date them, but, uh, yeah, pretty old. Yeah,
0: but some rock pile down there is something.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, from a long time ago. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, military wrecks, of course, but uh, um, I would say the oldest true military wreck was one <laughs> off, we found off Catalina. In a, actually, off, off, um, off Anacapa in Santa Rosa that was uncharted. And it, it's in my book, in Master mm-hmm. of the Abyss. It's called The Ghost Ship. And we're not quite sure when that That's thing came Abus. from. Yeah, It was big. It was a big ship. Um, wasn't supposed to be there it was kind of trapped between two rocks it was really weird and um, it was World War II mm-hmm. it was a you know it was well I mean it could have been a World War One frigate it was kind of narrow and tall you know sub chaser that kind of thing okay but um, it was interesting But that's, that's about the oldest ship I've been on cool but you can't find it anymore because it used to be <coughs> on a ledge and it slipped off into the deep oh, water oh wow gone yeah
0: yeah into gone. the depths below thank god yeah <laughs>
1: yeah yeah so thank god that thing that still haunts me i mean we we swam down to it and i hit the sand and we we it looked it looked like a blip on the sonar we couldn't even tell what it was it looked like this weird angular formation and we went down there blind on some stormy day and i landed and we knew we were like about maybe a hundred feet from the target we we hit the sand there were three of us we took a compass reading i mm-hmm. swam out to it it's pitch black and it 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 looked like it half the distance to me. It loomed at me. It like like it slid forward and the three of us are like, Oh <laughs> Okay, like this giant bow just went Oh
0: wow. Of this
1: massive monolith and we were like, What the you know? <laughs> and I, I still contend the damn thing moved. Yeah. Which is probably why it's not where it used to be. <laughs> well, if it slipped yeah.
0: off into never never land. Yeah, interesting. You know, I had the wrong bar up here that whole time I was still on the rabbit hole bar You're okay just making a mess I <laughs> yes I am I mean, yeah. okay Um from Denise Pridemore uh, he, she's wondering if you teach diving yeah I'm an yeah.
1: instructor I'm an nowy instructor yeah. yeah I'm one of the old guard I teach in South Florida so if you want to learn um, give me a holler yeah,
0: yeah. Lee's, been, Lee's been wanting to teach me for a long time
1: mm-hmm. yeah I've taught <laughs> you know hundreds of people I, I've been teaching a long time and yeah. I've been diving since geez the mid 70s so
0: yeah um, from Donna Gorton, one of our Cheshire Cats. What was your absolute most startling piece of evidence to date?
1: Well, I have photos of, I have photos and videos of anomalies that shouldn't exist. For example, I've got, you know, the, the very clear photo of a diver's mask staring at us from the abyss yeah. that, that didn't exist. We have video of the thing grabbing a hold of Bruce trying to pull his gear off his back. That was pretty fascinating. And I'll tell you something. A piece of evidence that meant a lot to me tied into paranormal was a door hinge. And you probably think, what? Well, Door hinge. Door hinge. Um, long story short, we were diving a lake in central Florida where... The apparition of a woman is seen walking the shore. And all of the stories, the stories suggested that there was a home that burned that was on the edge of the lake, and she and her sister perished in it. Yet, for all the tax records that we checked, way back to the days of the first flybys and biplanes back in the day, Mm -hmm. none of it showed any type of a structure on the property at all from way back in the day. Interesting. It was interesting. I put over 20 divers in the water. We did a forensic search of the entire lake, and we pulled the front door out of it.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. We pulled the front door, the burned front
1: door, and most of the remains of the front, along with the large door hinges that came mm-hmm. off the house. Yeah, that house existed. Yeah. She died in the fire. Wow. And that was cool as hell. So you're able to confirm that confirmation. that whole story. So that's nice. your... that's Yeah, I mean, it's maybe not a giant flying manta ray. But no, it's certainly, but... it's certainly cool.
0: Yeah, no, it definitely is because you hear a lot of those stories and a lot of times it gets chalked up to, okay, folklore, legend, what have mm-hmm. you, people still say that they see something, but a lot of people discredit it. And sure, a lot of times they are just folklore and legend, but here, right. here you are, boom. You're Man, something.
1: did it. You know, we searched, we found it, we, 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 we slammed it. It was, it was perfect. Mm-hmm. And then we went back to the uh, to, to, to the the speakeasy in the mansion on the property, and several of us had an apparition phenomenon experience. That was fantastic. <laughs> so there you go, like surf and turf, you know.
0: Yes, yeah, surf and turf, yeah. nice. Surf and turf paranormal. It was good stuff. Yeah,
1: and we had had a lot of margaritas that night too, but that had nothing to do with it. You know? so, <laughs> so it was good stuff. Yeah. yeah well.
0: I mean, you can imagine a lot of things after having a few margaritas, but Thor's pretty solid.
1: It's pretty solid, and, and everyone yeah. needs to know. You know, I'm not opposed to having a margarita to an investigation. It just sort of sets me right. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Nice. You know, the, that's the stuff right there.
0: From Bree Jones, where there will be more activity because of the volcanic activity in Hawaii. So, I guess, will that stir up some more activity? In I the- don't
1: believe so, because because the volcanic activity in Hawaii... Although new at the spot where it is, has been continual on the island for forever. There is there's always volcanic activity yeah. on the island. So, no, I don't think so. Um, I don't think so. I mean, there is activity in Hawaii. You know, Hawaii has oh, a, sure. it's, you know a hell of heck of a lot of spirits. I don't know about that though. Um, I know that it does change. Well, it, it it's not large enough to make any any water temperature changes. Of course, there's. There's there's problems now with toxic gas CO2. Well, yeah,
0: when the lava hits the water, it'll give off that gas. Yeah, yeah. and there's
1: problems with that, but I think it's more uh,
0: like a biochemical issue. I don't I don't think there's mm-hmm. an energy okay issue with it. All right, very cool. Well, we are just about at our hour mark, and I think I got through all of the questions, at least all of them that I could find, and I put into my little document over here. So, um, well, you know. I really do want to thank you for, for hanging out with us tonight. You're welcome. You know, it's, been, it's been awesome. Yeah, a lot of a lot great of stories. A
1: lot of fun, everybody. And yeah. Thanks for, for tuning in, everybody. And if you're, uh, well, you know, guys, w- the last hour we discussed the Paracon coming mm-hmm. up here, the Haunted Road Media Paracon in Alton, Illinois, this next weekend. And so, or this weekend. This weekend. This weekend. This weekend. Yeah, this weekend. Yeah, A couple so, of days. A couple of days. So we'll all be there. Um, and I'll be, you know, I'll be signing copies of my bestseller, Master of the Abyss. Come and get one. A lot, if you're interested in yep. what we're talking about, it's chock full of that stuff, and it's yeah. fun. Yeah,
0: check check out this book. So it's available at hauntedroadmedia.com. You can pick it up from Amazon. I mean, basically, the, the, the links from uh, Haunted Road Media will send you right to where you need to go. So, yeah, pick up this book. It's fantastic. So available uh, in paperback. It's, it's a big book, too. It's a lot a, of stories. Oh, and on Kindle.
1: I love uh, it. It's a great book. Fun to, fun to write, fun to relive. I'm telling you, it's it's there's some fun stuff in there place you'll take you places you've never been yep. and um, you'll like it
0: so i anyway. guess there is one question in here yeah, that we just yeah. missed i didn't where mean yeah, it? let's take a good no, look no, no. yeah i'm trying to see where it is because it looks like the the copying got cut off So you know g um sean is sean in that sean gilmore hey there he is okay g is the for great lakes so everybody died the great lakes
1: no i fished <laughs> the great lakes but never dove the great lakes um, great Lakes has got some great wrecks. Uh, buddies of mine dive the Great the Great Lakes deep yeah. mixed gas diving, and they're they're actually finding bodies in the ships' holes. So yeah. there's, well, know, there's
0: been some big time wrecks in the Great Lakes. I mean, you had songs written about Edmund you Fitzgerald. And, yeah, you know, you I mean, Edmund Fitzgerald. You got,
1: yep. Yeah, you got it all. I mean, yeah, the Great Lakes. Yeah. It's cold. It's no bacteria, you know. Oh, yeah, no it's UV. cold It's
0: cold diving. You wouldn't want to do that anyway. Do that, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: there's no UV. There's nothing to degrade anything. They're finding intact masted ships. Mm-hmm. They're finding the most amazing things down there. I think that's basically ROV diving. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's remote diving. Um, you can go down there, but why when you can buy an ROV for $500 now that'll take you down there? Yeah. So, and I'd drop a camera on it, you know. It's okay. Really, it's so you'd really, at least do that. I'd drop a camera. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I like... I, I'm, a, I'm a treasure hunter, so I like I like the warmth because, you know. Mm-hmm. Also, too, the colder it is, the less time you can spend down there because of, for metabolic reasons, and you know, if you want to maximize your dive,
0: go to something dive warm, warm. Dive warm yep. water. Right.
1: Yeah, that's for sure.
0: Cool, cool. All right, so let's go ahead and get to the shout-outs and everything. So, all right, our Super Chat superstars. Snuggle2, thank you very much. Patrick, Tom McNicholas, and Bree Jones. Thank you all very, very much. So for shoutouts, um, there is, well, of course, Shauna, our chat shenanigator, and I hope you are starting to feel a little bit better, my love. Uh, Donna Gordon, our Cheshire Cat, in the house tonight, also fielding some of those questions. Um, we have a lot of people saying that they love the show with you. So Karen Lynn, River City Paranormal, <laughs> there you go. Awesome show. Uh, cool. Bridget Willis, yes, you're getting your shout out. We will see you on a Saturday. It's Andrew Cox, also see you on Saturday. Cassandra 50, thank you very much. April M. Wemagwans, thank you for joining us again tonight. Spooky, Don, one of our Deep Down the Rabbit Hole Patreon patrons. So, got to give you guys your credit. Deep Down the Rabbit Hole Patreon patrons. We got Tom McNicholas, Grizz, um, B3 Airspace, Zippy Davis, BD, Flint, Pamela Queen, and Don uh, Francisco. Thank you guys very, very much for that. Um, Shauna says she's here, feeling like ass, but still alive. Hi, Shauna. <laughs> um, and I will see you on Thursday night. <clears throat> Sean Oldsmith, still hanging out from Australia. Thank you very much. Robert White, still in the house, too. I have a couple of Aussies that join us. So it's pretty Excellent. Cool. Yep. Um, there's the Hagland. Thank you very much. Serenable from Ireland, from all over the world. You all over it. the dang world, yeah. <laughs> um, There's Bree Jones. Thank you very much, Bree. Uh, Katie Palmer, thank you as well. Chipper Terry, thank you very much. Um, We had a lot of people in the house. Jen K, thank you. Becky Rodriguez, thank you for joining us tonight. Samuel Hall, thanks for hanging out both shows. Jojo B, thank you very much. And she's got to be in here. Where is Pungi Fungi? I know she was in here at some point, so i got (laughs) to throw it out there. Um, And who else do we have? So there's... Well, there's... Uh, Snugglesooth, there's Patrick. Thank you. Uh, of course, there's B3 Airspace. Diane Hilbert. Thank you very much. And there's Grizz. All right, Grizz. Thank you. Um, who else do we have in the house? Sean, Sean Gilmore. Appreciate the question. Sean. Sean's over here in Ohio, too. Hmm, cool. So, Sean, uh, we still have to hit Gore Orphanage area. We're going there tomorrow, so we yeah. got we got to arrange it, you and I. I know we've talked about that.
1: Well, yeah, we'll be up there
0: tomorrow. we will give you an update. Yep. yep uh michelle nugent thanks for hanging out tonight um who else do we have and let me go ahead and scroll back down you guys want to shout out throw it down there in the bottom darian uh darian vonaheim vonaheim Von, I, I hope i said it right if i screw up your names i'm really really sorry it's it happens it's late it's all that stuff and, and if i missed you of course i do apologize there's a lot of people in the chat and you know it's sometimes hard to grab everybody so let me scroll all the way back down who else do we have and i think that's going to be about it um there's tom and there we got tom there's karen betty oh betty and wayne betty thank you very much for the questions tonight really appreciate it betty we will also see you and wayne on saturday so all right so that's going to be it
1: thanks everybody thank <laughs> you very much
0: uh tim shown all right there we go and Anita ackerman all right there we go so <laughs> you got it i try to get everybody i try took okay. they're great they hang out here for you know a couple hours they're great supporters you know they share out all of our stuff we have people contributing to the channel on the haunted road media they buy ghosty yeah. they buy t-shirts they now, now you're coffee. buying coffee so you guys are awesome We really do appreciate it and uh we love you so um that's gonna be it We'll see many of you on Saturday. For those that are unable to make it, we will uh, go live as much as we can and share those experiences with you. And then uh, we'll be back here next week. Who do we have next week? Um, oh, the guys from Ghost Cry are going to be on uh, Edge of the Rabbit Hole next week. So we'll be happy to have them along. Good stuff. All right. And there's Kerry Parrish.
1: Hey, thanks for Start, being here. Down with the last end. <laughs> thanks for letting me babble. Thanks for listening. had a great time.
0: All right. Well, yeah. thanks for coming out. And in, in, first in studio guest, really appreciate it. I like it. Yeah. It's awesome. I,
1: I overcame my shyness too, which is a good thing.
0: So, <laughs> all right. He, he's very shy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Have a great night. Till next time.
1: <laughs> See ya.